Welcome to She Hustles Podcast, and I'm your host, Josira Santiago Hines. I'm a registered nurse turned into an entrepreneur, and I'm here to motivate you to finding true happiness and living your best life. If you love this episode, let me know, girl. Slide into my Instagram DM. Tag me that you're listening to this episode and say, Josira, I love this. This was super helpful. It's literally the way that I know what content to create for you. So show me love and don't forget to tag me. I would love to connect and talk with you. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to share with you a few things that I have coming up. She Hustles 24-7 Planner will be releasing for this holiday season. This is an all-in-one planner that includes a vision board section, positive habit trackers, meal planning section, journaling, affirmations, and so much more. In January, my magazine, Love the Skin You're In, will be releasing. If you have a product or service you want to advertise, I have a few slots left. But most importantly, you will have the opportunity to be on the next cover if you participate in my I Am My Own Cover Model Challenge starting January 6th. Signing up for this challenge will be open the week of Thanksgiving. Lastly, June 20th of 2020, my first annual She Hustles conference is happening. Tickets are on sale and now are $10 off until the end of this year. This event will be so fucking epic. I'll be teaching you how to level up your life and live your best life. You will learn the positive steps to eliminate your debt, start a healthy lifestyle without being on a diet, decrease your anxiety with self-care practices, and so much more. If you are interested in any of these, please email me at josirafitness at gmail.com and sign up links can be found in the show notes. Today, I have a guest speaker, Rachel Harshfield, who is a registered dietitian and specializes in hormonal therapy and gut health and inflammation. Rachel, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian. I'm a nutrition specialist, and I have been working in this field for, gosh, I don't know. It's been all together and collective. I would say it's been over 15 years, but specifically in um, just the nutrition of and the specialization of digestion and digestion health and hormonal therapy. Um, it's been my focus in my specialty for about seven years, and I absolutely love it. Um, I'm married. I've been married for almost 19 years. I can't believe it. Um, and I have 16-year-old twins who are just about ready to get their license in their car. There we have a car for them already, but they're about to get their license. My daughter goes in on Friday and I'm freaking out. So talk about cortisol levels and my hormonal inflammation stuff is all over the place because I'm stressing, but I've got this. I'm just taking deep breaths and we're going to get through it. Yes, you got this. And that is so amazing of how long you've been in nutrition, but also 16 year old twins. Like I have so many twins in my family and um it skips a generation i haven't had kids yet and my generation is up so i'm like terrified i'm like twins are gonna pop out i know it so i'm oh, like yeah. trying to prepare myself <laughs> you know what i gotta tell you I, I will just say this and if there's any other moms of twins listening if they have their twins first you don't know any different you're like okay i got this i'm changing one set of diapers and i can do two like no big deal but I look at those moms and God bless them, but the ones who have like two kids and then they have a set of twins, I'm like, you're going every which way. But for me, I didn't know any different. People are like, how did you do it? And I'm like, I didn't know any different. I'm feeding one, I'm feeding two. I'm changing one, I'm changing two. So go for that. <laughs> yeah, I actually love that perspective. And I was a NICU nurse. And for some reason, I was always put with twins every single time. And at first it was the fear was like, I'm feeding one, but the other one's crying. And I literally learned how to just like ignore it. Like feed one, then I'll feed the other. So I always tell my husband, I'm like, I'm gonna be a pretty good mom. Cause like I learned the tolerance of like, just let them cry and like, I'll get to you when I can get to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I think you're gonna be an excellent mom, so. Thank you. <laughs> so. 
two years ago, I personally had an issue with my gut and I started to um, develop um, GERD and everything that I ate was like burning my stomach. So I am truly a firm believer of making sure that you know what foods are good for your body. Um, a lot of people don't know about sensitivities or anything like that. So I really, really would love for you to talk about gut health. Um, but my first question is, can you share with us what are the best foods for gut health? Absolutely. So first I'm going to start off with it. Uh, you'll probably hear me say this throughout the cast is that um, every single person, our human body, we're all very, very different. And you can't take like somebody who's the same age, the same height, same weight, and say, okay, well, if you're this weight and you're this age and that this is what you need to eat or this is how many calories you need to eat because our bodies are all so different, right? And we all have different situations. Some of us have are dealing with PCOS. Some of us are dealing with IBS. Some of us are dealing with food sensitivity. So every single person is different. So really for you, for me to say like, this is what's really great for gut health, it may be great for you, but it may not be great for the next person. So I have always said, and this is kind of how I, I, I teach and how I help um, to identify these things, is there are certain markers when you're eating food. Um, some people will say nightshades are you know, a, a no-go because they're going to cause inflammation in your, in your lower GI, but not for everybody. So understanding that when you go through inflammation, your body is first going to, you're going to feel a little bit of um, surface bloating. So when you start to see that surface bloat and it happens within, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of eating it, it literally, you can be eating your food and then all of a sudden start feeling like you're getting puffy. Okay. That is called surface bloatation. And when that happens, then you need to identify what it is that you are eating at that moment. And sometimes, honestly, it's not one food, but it could be a collaboration of what's inside of that food, how that food was prepared. And so while our bodies are like completely, um, they're growing and we're, yeah, you know, we're evolving, right? As humans, we evolve, but sometimes our digestive systems don't evolve as fast as our minds do and what we're putting into our body. And people don't think about that. They don't think about like, okay, I'm going to be taking, I'm going to be eating this. You don't know necessarily where, if you're eating out, you don't know who cooked it, what you prepared for it or what, how it was prepared um, or what other ingredients that they put in there or how much sugar, or how much salt is in this food that could be causing any kind of digestional issues. And so Honestly, I would say that each person is so different that there is not one, one food that causes nor one food that will take away. There are some foods that are very dominant in like causing gut inflammation. And there's some foods that I would say you should be eating every day and those foods for your gut. And those foods, I will say there one is lemon. If you can put lemon on anything, I put it in my water. I drink, you know, lemon water every single day. And the reason for that is that lemons have a um, natural acidity to them. So the acidity, the acidity that's in lemons helps work with your body's digestive system to break down the fatty acids. Um, it breaks down those fatty acids. So in the, while in the bloodstream, it's already been slightly broken down. So your body can then you know, transfer the nutrients to where it needs to go within the organs and within the state of the body. And then this way, you're not transferring as much uh, fat as your body is going through the digestion process. So lemons are a great one. Um, we've heard a lot about celery, celery juice. Um, celery is great, whether or not you're juicing it or you're just eating it, it's still the same. You're gonna get the same value. You're just probably not gonna eat as many celery stalks as you would juice them. Um, but there is you know, some type of inflammation, um, de-bloat property within celery. But again, not for everyone. I've come across some people who can't have celery juice because it does affect their system. Um, I have yet to find somebody who can't have mint tea, um, that just an herbal mint tea is gonna help with inflammation. It also helps to settle the system. Um, it's just a really nice kind of cohesive way to um, end your day or start your day. However, you're looking at it for any kind of just calming of the digestive system. Um, but I really, honestly, in, in all of my years of practice, I will say that people are all so different and 
foods today are nothing like they were 10 years ago, even five years ago, and definitely not back 20 or 30 years ago. Our food industry has changed so much. And so identifying for you what your markers are, what your, um, you know, what, what causes you know, digestional upset for you is going to be different. Yes. And I absolutely love that you said that because these are the questions that I get all the time, especially when I was having those issues and I got a MRT test done and I had a whole list of things that an average person can eat every single day, but I can't. So like avocados, I love avocados, but I'm sensitive to avocados. So I stay away from it unless I'm at a Mexican spot and I might want a little bit of guacamole, but instantly, like you said, I take a bite and within like 10 minutes, my stomach is full. Like I ate a full meal. So I love that you said that every single person is different. What I'm sensitive to is not what you'll be sensitive to. So I always recommend to eat slowly, really listen to your body. If you feel super bloated, then that might be a food that you may want to stay away from. Go through that elimination process, which they had recommended when I did the MRT test. And a lot of the the foods that were like in the reds, um, I eliminated those for like six months. And then I had ones that were like yellow and they said three months. Some of them I were I was able to implement back into my diet. And some of them I knew like peanuts and almonds. Oh, it gave me so much pain after eliminating it. And for so many years, I would eat peanut butter with no problem. But my body was so inflamed from eating it all the time. It never like I personally didn't realize how it was affecting me. But when I eliminated it and brought it back into my life, I got such horrible, like literally pain that I was like in a ball and I knew that I couldn't have peanuts. So, wow. yeah, like that's so important, ladies. For those of you who are listening, take time. Don't rush with your food. Um, really listen to your body and see how you feel. And that's how you're going to figure out what foods to stay away from. And honestly, if you really have some issues with bloating, um, like Rachel said, I would say the most important thing is get that sensitivity test done and see, you know, what foods, because then you're, this, you'll stop the guessing game. It was like a guessing game for me. And I wasn't sure until I got that blood test. I got a blood test. I got a hair test done and I got the fecal, which is the poop for you guys don't know who what fecal matter is, <laughs> uh, but they, they, they can test it in so many different ways. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm like so happy that you said that is so important is to just listen to your body and everyone is different. Well, and I think that's a, it's a great point. I don't believe that people realize that our bodies are communicating and talking with us every single day. And, um, you know, kind of on a side note with just our bodies and how our bodies are, I talk about this all the time in my groups that I host is that, you know, you think you're hungry because I'll hear this term, I'm hangry. Like I'm, I'm, my body's hungry. Like I, I need to eat something and I need to eat something right now. And I'm like, why are you thinking that you're hungry? Like, tell me what you're feeling. Well, I'm lightheaded. I'm really tired. I'm crabby. I'm like, that's not hunger. That's just your body's, you know, your insulin levels dropping a little bit. It's readjusting. It's making, it's, you're making that adjustment inside until your body physically growls, until you can really feel your stomach contract. That's hunger. And there's a total difference. And so, by listening to your body and taking your body's cues, it's going to tell you. And when you actually wait until your stomach is depleted of food, it's only then that you can really identify what is happening inside of your system. And you can't, you know, if you ate something and then five, you know, 10 minutes later, you're eating something else, you don't really know what is causing that inflammation. So I also suggest, you know, like, I love that you said, you know, eating slow, because that's really important too but making sure that your food is in a whole source. So if you're having a piece of chicken, have a piece of chicken. Um, if you are having you know, chicken and broccoli, okay, well, how is the broccoli prepared? Because some people can have raw broccoli and it doesn't bother them. And other people, they can't have it at all. Um, but if you're having like, you know, appetizers and you're having hummus and dip and broccoli and then you're having like other things and then you sit down and you have like this chicken with a salad and you're thinking something is, you, there's no way to identify what is what unless you're taking the time to really be cognizant and, and journaling along the way which i do suggest for people too sometimes that helps them um but i will tell you what some foods that are bad for your gut i mean i that i know right away that i could tell you stay away from don't even get near them um 
You know, I think we as a society look to wanting the fast and the now. I want to feel good right now. I want to eat right now. I want something that's easy in my life right now. And they don't realize that the easy is not the way to go. Nothing in life that you want is going to come to you easy. If it does, and it's something that's good, everyone would have it, and then nobody would want it, right? Because everybody already has it. It's not something that, it's not, it's not um, elevated, right? So having good health means that you need to be very prepared, and you need to be very focused, and it's going to be hard sometimes. And that does mean that you have to prepare yourself during the week for what you're going to eat, what your week schedule looks like. That does mean that you have to cut out eating out. Um, the eating out process has so much, not just sugar and salt, but additives and preservatives that you don't even know where they come from. Um, this is a great example. We were just talking about babies, so I'll give you this one. And you were a NICU nurse, so this will, this will resonate with you. Um, when you have a, baby, a brand new baby, okay, you're, you're supposed to feed the baby either breast milk or you know formula and then as the baby gets older and the digestive system starts to develop the doctor will say to you okay now let's introduce some rice milk you know like a little bit of rice cereal mix it up and let's you know slowly introduce this to the baby the baby's ready for more see how the baby tolerates it and then we after the baby tolerates it for a few weeks okay let's let's go with maybe some you know carrots or whatever and we do that for seven days nothing else okay so she's got the rice milk now she's got the carrots okay nothing else now we're going to go green beans. Now, we're, you know, so on and so forth until when we do see that the baby is reacting to something, we instantly pull that away until the baby can tolerate it, right? She's not ready for this. Let's pull, the, let's pull this food away. Okay, as humans, as adults, we don't do that. We just shove all sorts of crap into our mouth and we're like, oh, I must be lactose intolerant. Uh, no, you're not lactose intolerant. You probably just ate something that your stomach is not agreeing with because there's some type of preservative there's some type of additive that's in that food. If you've been able to have cheese and you've been able to have, you know, dairy all your life and now you can't, it doesn't mean that you've all of a sudden developed a sensitivity to it. It could just be that something that you're eating in the processing and the way that they have, you know, cult, um, culture of this food is what's affecting your system. It's not that you're lactose intolerant because I'll have people say, well, I can have cheese, but I can't have milk. Well, guess what? If you can't have cheese, then you probably can't have milk too if you're really truly lactose intolerant. You know, it's the same thing with gluten. The real gluten sensitivities are those who have, you know, celiac disease. But now, because of the way certain gluten products are processed, it's through that processing that our bodies are being, you know, are being a little bit sensitive to. So it's it's really a fine line. But foods to stay completely away from are foods that are fried. You know, we don't need fried foods. We want fried foods because our taste buds have developed a taste for them. But you remove those fried foods from your diet, eventually your taste buds are going to start to recognize what real food tastes like. But as long as we're slathering it with, you know, sauces, fried and breaded, and, you know, any kind of dressings to coat that food, then our taste buds are used to what's coating it and not to the actual flavor of the food. Um, so stay away from anything fried. Stay away from anything white. All things white. So so that means anything that's processed with white flour because our bodies don't need it and white sugar. Now, I hear people say, well, what about like sugar substitutes? Anything white. If your sugar substitute is white, then you don't need to be having that sugar substitute. And quite frankly, there's so many other ways to, um, to add sweetener. Uh, for me, I use organic raw brown cane sugar. And I use real sugar. I don't use a sugar substitute. I don't use pure cane sugar. I use their, their bigger pebbles and they're just a raw cane sugar. The reason is our bodies can take that. Our bodies are used to that. You know, when we were little kids, we would go to my, my grandfather would plant corn. And we, at the end of the summer, we'd go grab those corn husks and we'd strip them down. And we would just chew on that, on that sugar cane. And that is real sugar. It's coming from the ground. It's coming from the earth. It's what we don't realize what we're putting into our systems are all the stuff that doesn't come from the earth. And if you think about it from generations and generations and generations, what comes from the earth is what we should be feeding our body. Yes, ladies, this is gold. Oh my God, I love this. And um, I'm just so happy. A lot of the things that you're saying is I, I had already implemented into my life after having that experience of 
literally, I thought I was having a heart attack with like how bad my heartburn was. And it was literally just continuing to eat those sen- those foods that I was sensitive to. And then I completely eliminated them. And now I have no issues with bloating. I feel great. I stay away from fried foods. You know, I'll treat myself here and there, but it's not a consistent eating fried foods every single day. Um, and like you said, your taste buds really change. I, I think soda and juice is disgusting. And I used to faithfully drink a Mountain Dew every single day. And when I stopped and then I tried it again, it tasted like oil to me. And I turned the ingredient list around and there's vegetable oil in Mountain Dew. And I finally, yes, there is. (laughs) I'm like, why am I drinking? I was drinking vegetable oil for God knows probably like 10 years. And with eliminating it, I was able to taste every single ingredient in there. And I was like, this tastes like oil. And I was just like, wow. Like, why does America feed us these things? And I noticed I have a client in the UK and her, her ketchup is completely different than ours. Like they have way more healthier products than we are. A lot of their ingredients that we have here are banned in the UK. So why are they giving it to us? I can tell you. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) So it goes back to eliminating sugar. So sugar is seven to eight times more addicting than cocaine. And I was just sharing on my stories just yesterday. And we're talking about sugar this week. Um, because sugar is, is going into the holiday season, you know, you got to think about like the platform of where we are and where we, what we do in our life. And <clears throat> sugar is that, that once you get a taste of it, it's so addicting that you need more. Here's something. Have you ever been to Europe? Have you ever been anywhere outside, like into the, the UK or have you been to any of those places outside? No. Okay. I have. And I travel Europe quite often and, and I'm Syrian. So I'm, I'm from the Mediterranean. So that part of the world is like my jam. Right. So this last year I was there a couple of times and, um, every single time I go, every single time I go, I eat all the foods and I still come back and I am between five to seven pounds lighter than when I go. And I almost have to like eat more when I'm there because I don't want to lose any weight, right? So I'm like, okay, I really got to focus to make sure that I'm eating because their food is so healthy. It's so clean. Here in the United States, we have aisles and aisles and aisles of garbage, garbage. When you go into any of those stores in the Mediterranean or any place in Europe, it's one market. When you want meat, you go to one market. When you want your produce and you want your vegetables, you go to one market. It's not like, and they don't have these aisles and aisles and aisles of processed crap. We do. We have aisles of food that are going to keep you hungry, that are going to not satiate you, that are not going to give your body nutrient value, and that are not going to um, help your body to develop to reach your own personal health and fitness goals. What it is going to do, it's going to keep you as a consumer. It's going to keep you coming back in with your wallets open because just like cocaine and just like all those other things, any kind of a drug, it has you addicted. And that is why. So if you can keep them, sorry, but if you can keep them young, dumb, and stupid, right? Like, hey, let's just let's just keep them ignorant on what is really going into their foods and how much we really are creating an addictive you know, um, reaction within their system then everyone's going to be happy because we're going to make more money on the side. And it, and it even goes into our healthcare. Our healthcare is the same in such that, you know, heal from the, from the inside first. Our bodies are developed and they are created to be self-healing. And rather than automatically assuming that you need to have a pill for that, if you have high cholesterol, guess what? That means we're going to course correct you with diet first and not give you the chemical that's just going to put a band-aid over the problem, but not really correct the problem. The problem is that you have got to correct your diet. And if you don't correct your diet, you're not going to get the pill. So let's work with your diet first and see if that works. If that fails and and you go into that danger zone, then we're going to give you the, the medication, the chemical stimulant. But for right now, let's work with your body first. They don't do that anymore. They're so quick to write the script and they don't fix the problem. And I say this all the time, and I will say it over and over and over again. Ladies, you, if you are overweight and you're dealing with being overweight, overweight, being overweight, and and having weight gain is not the problem. 
It is a symptom of the problem. When you fix the problem, the symptom will go away. But as long as you are just dancing around the, the actual problem and not fixing it or putting band-aids over it, the symptom will always be there. So if you are having symptomatic weight gain because of the problem and you're not fixing the problem, then that's on you. That's oh my God, drop the mic, Rachel. <laughs> this is like, oh my God. So as a nurse, um, I was always frustrated with doctors that never educated about nutrition and exercise. Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety. And the first thing was like, here's a pill for that. And I'm like, um, isn't there like a diet or exercise? Like what, like, is there something else that I can do versus you giving me a pill? And like, sadly, these, these doctors, like me, I was in nursing school and we had only one nutrition course and that was it. Doctors, I don't even think they have a nutrition course. I don't even think they have one. Like, what? Just like, like the first two years of college, that's all they get. And that's it. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. It's, I feel like healthcare and just, it should be about prevention and not about just putting a Band-Aid and giving people pills. And this is like another topic, but I'm so passionate in it. And that is the reason why I went to the route of leaving nursing and doing what I do now is helping people make sure that they're not going into that hospital. I'm trying to help them, teach them how to eat right and work out so that they don't have to, you know, be on a tons of pills and always have doctor's appointments. And, and like they say, there's always that, there's this like this cool phrase is like, you're, I, I'm going to totally like mess it up, but it was like, you're either feeding, feeding your, I forgot what it was, <laughs> what the, you're fighting disease. There you go. Yeah. So it's like either way, you're either you're going to spend a ton of money of being healthy, going to the gym and eating the right foods, or you're going to spend a ton of money on medication and doctor bills and insurance is insane. Like the stuff that they charge you for, like it's, it's crazy, especially for a procedure. Go look at your bill for anesthesia. It's insane. Oh, God. Crazy. Crazy. And when people don't see it that way, and I think that that's, I think it's a mentality, it's a, it's a mind shift that we need to make. Um, and, and I really truly believe, and I say it, and I shout it out from the top of all of my, my social media platforms, if we are not teaching our generation, the, the youth of today, if we are not teaching them right, right now, we are doomed. Because if we're not fixing, if we're not fixing the food situation now, I mean, then what is it gonna look like in 10 years? And you know, if, when you think about the the illness, the, the mental illness that's in our country right now, and nowhere else, nowhere else is this happening, but in our country, you've got to look and say, what happened? What, where did it fall? And, you know, I have done, you know, countless studies on Monsanto and like all of that, the, just the, the actual, um, integration of the GMOs into our body and the integration of, you know, different processing agents into our system and like how it really, how it really does affect the internal digestive and the, the digestion process. If you think about it from here to here, aside from our hearts, from here to here, from, from underneath your breastbone down to your pelvic bone, that's where all of our organs are. It's the center of our body. It is our core. And when that actual function, everything that's happening in that core is directly associating and communicating with our brain and our pituitary gland. And the hypothalamus gland is, is constantly in constant contact and they do go hand in hand, mental health and your body and digestion and eating right and exercising, everything communicates with one another. And if you are not being cognizant, if you're not being aware of what you're taking from the outside world, and putting into your inside body, then again, you've got to give yourself a gut check, literally and figuratively, and pun intended, like give yourself a gut check. No one's fork feeding you. Like no one is putting food on your fork and opening your mouth and shoving it in there. You are doing that. So understand that you have the ability to draw that line in the sand right now and say, you know what, going forward, I'm going to live healthier because I know what happens out here should not be in here and what happens in here is going to project onto me physically and i'm going to feel better i'm going to have more clarity i'm going to have more energy i'm going to feel better and ultimately i'm going to look better and that's what i want and you know 
even with my ladies who come to me, they're like, I don't have my sex drive anymore. I've lost my jam, la, 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 la. And I'm like, what are you eating? Like, let's talk about it. Because like food and, and your mental state of mind and how your body is, is really functioning, it's all internal. It's in your mind, it's in your digestion, and it's all internal. And you guys can, we can, by doing things like this, by sharing in a podcast, by talking on social media, and really being open and sharing our education and our skills and the things that we've learned and not being diluted and not being misled by the quick fixes, but really getting down and taking care of your body from the internal, from the internal side and from the wellness side, it can change. It, we, can, we need to make a change and it can make the, the biggest difference for our, for our kids and for the generations to come. Yes, I agree. I always say like you are what you eat because literally when I eat healthy, I feel great. And then I have a treat meal as much as it was a second of satisfaction. The next day I feel like crap. My workout is crappy. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. So literally ladies, what you put in your body can truly affect you in so many ways. And as I always hear all the time is your gut is your second brain, right, Rachel? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you can't um, expect your gut to to function the way that you want it to, right? Without giving it what it needs to function properly. You know, it's like I would just use this analogy um, on my stories because we were talking about I was talking about uh, gut health and, and digestion, and um, I just said you don't go on a vacation, okay? You don't pack for a trip without checking the weather, right? Like you check the weather, you get prepared, you know what the weather's gonna be like. Oh my gosh, there's a storm coming. It's the second day that I'm there. I better make sure that I have something that's gonna, you know, it looks like it's gonna be a little colder. It looks like it's gonna snow. You know, you wouldn't pack summer clothes if you're gonna go to a, a mountain. Like you wouldn't do that. And so the same thing with your body and your body's digestive system. You've gotta prepare for what is going to, what storm are you weathering right now? And that's how you prepare your body. It's how you prepare your mindset. You've got to feed yourself internally from the external um, tools that we have to feed your body internally and to feed your minds internally as well. Like it's so important. It's so important. Agree. Yeah. So as we talk about good foods, bad foods, listen to your body. I know a lot of people have issues with digesting their food. So what advice do you have for those people who have digestion issues? So like how to kind of work with their, um, to create a, a less bloated state. Is that what you're, what you're looking for? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, you know, if you're having issues with your digestion, you know, I think we've talked about, we've covered the, you know, having a food list and, and keeping it and journaling it and understanding that. Um, but also to your belly and, and the bloating comes in different areas. So if you're experiencing high levels of bloatation, so that means um, right under the breastbone to just before the belly button, if you're getting um, bloating in that area, in that region, then that is something that I would say is more internal right away food sensitivities because what's happening is this is your stomach. So if you put your two fists together and you put it right underneath your breast, that's where your stomach sits, okay? So if you're having issues right in there and it's actually bloating out from there, then there's a sensitivity that's going on in, in your, in your, um, within your stomach and it's in those early stages. So I would say that that to me is an indication of an, of a reaction, instantaneous reaction. Okay. If you're feeling the bloating from your belly button, just down underneath, but not quite to like your pelvic area, then that, um, that is your, the first part of digestion, so that's that first digestional um, system as it's going through, you know, the small intestine before it goes out to the large intestine and then down into the colon. So as it's going through the, the small intestine, you have to remember that we have, um, it's like cilia, they're like little octopus type um, hair-like fibers that are inside of the, the, the small intestine and it's pushing foods through, right? So it's breaking it down and pushing it through and breaking it down and pushing it through. So as it's breaking it down and pushing it through, breaking it down and pushing it through, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, that's where you're starting to get like a little bit of digestion issues, right? So in that area, so that's a little separate. And then the large intestine, okay, once it goes through the small intestine, let's say you don't have any issues there and it goes through the large intestine um, and you start to have gas and 
belly bloat. Okay, so now we're talking about, so there's there's different types of bloating, right? So we have the one that's right in the stomach, then we have the one that's just left from the belly button down to the pelvic bone that just sticks out there, right? And then we have the belly bloat, which is happens in the large intestine, and that's where you're starting to experience that gas and that pain and that tenderness, and your entire stomach becomes distended, okay? So there's three different types. So if it's happening in your uh, in your stomach, that's an indication that there could be a, a deeper sensitivity or even a, an allergic reaction that's going on there. And I would say about maybe seven times out of 10, so 70% of the time, um, that the person becomes very allergic. It doesn't happen as frequently, and they'll end up vomiting. Um, it's why even when the, the food itself is not good, it doesn't go down into the digestive system. If it does seep through, it's like little pieces of it, and then you have other kind of digestion things going on, like you're in the bathroom for a different way, for, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, um, usually if it's happening in the stomach, the stomach starts to contract right away, and you're starting to feel it, and you're starting to feel that bloating. And if it doesn't come up, then it's probably going to come out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's, that's one area, okay? So then the second one, um, and there's really not a lot that you can do for that because if that's happening, it's happening. There's not much you can do. It's, it's happening. The, lo- the small intestine. Um, so again, I'm going to go into something that's probably a little bit more, um, it needs a little more explanation, but we'll talk about leaky gut just real quick. So if you're experiencing that secondary um, inflammation, which is in that lower in the small intestine. Um, again, you've got to look at the foods. There's really no way to to help it when it's happening. There really isn't. It's your body's way of letting you know, like, hey, this is what's going on, kids. Like, this is not okay. You can take Tums and you can take, it's not going to do anything. The best thing that I would say at that point is just to grab yourself a heat pad. Somebody asked me that yesterday, like, I'm having bloating. What do I do? I'm like, for tonight, right now, grab yourself a heat pad and go make yourself some mint tea. Like, there's really nothing that you can do to get through this process at this point. Tomorrow is a new day, and tomorrow we're going to look at, you know, making sure that whatever it was that's causing that particular reaction, or maybe if you, um, you're still feeling a little bit, kind of a little bloated in the morning, we're going to have some lemon water, we're going to start our day off right. Um, and put maybe put a little mint in that lemon water as well, just to kind of have that acidity plus the alkaline to kind of give it a little balance. Um, honestly, if you are feeling di- digestional bloatation during after a meal, it's it's part of the process. It's your body's letting you know you can't you don't want to take away those signals. You want to know what's happening. I think it's important to know. Um, and then the the digestional when it's in the large intestine and that complete distension. Um, that is just, that means it is now harsh. Like whatever it was that was causing the internal issue from the uh, onset of the small intestine, it's now in the big, it's now in the large intestine. So yes, it is. And it's coming, it's working its way down, but it is tearing you up on the inside. And I, I, I'm not a proponent for taking foods that are going or taking pills that are going to take that away. I really believe that we need to feel it. We need to understand it. Our body is telling us why. Um, one other indication though, that I, I know from myself, okay. Again, Mediterranean culture, we're all about garlic. We're all about onions. It's all garlic, all onions all the time. And I love garlic and there are so many healthy and healing properties of garlic. But unfortunately for me, I um, must have ate way too much garlic when I was a kid because I developed a sensitivity to it to the point where, you know, garlic and even onions now, it stays in my system for so long that, and this sounds a little gross, but I'm just being honest, um, I'll burp it for like a day or so. And same with like sausage that has like any kind of like, you know, um, pheromones, like those, the not pheromones, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, any kind of nitrates that are going to cause any kind of like, digestional pushback on me, um, I'm going to burp that as well, um, which is really bad. It sounds gross, but I know now when that started happening that my body can't tolerate it. And honestly, it is just the smallest amount of garlic and I can feel it now instantly. And, you know, when I was in the Middle East this last summer, you know, my cousins were like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. There's no garlic. We made sure we asked them no garlic. And I took one bite and I was like, oh my gosh, there's garlic in here. 
And, you know, and then I felt bad because I we were at a restaurant and I didn't want to like send it back. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh. And my cousin saw my face and he was like, um, there's garlic in that, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, but that's okay. Like, he's like, no, I'll get you something else. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm going to suffer through it. I already had a few bites. I'm going to suffer through it. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where you have to learn to identify what's in your body, what's causing your body, those reactions. And, and then once it's there, honestly, girl, you just got to get through it. Yeah. And I agree. Like we said, is listen to your body. Um, a lot of doctors like to put people on prebiotics and probiotics. So how, what do you feel about those supplements? Well, prebiotics and probiotics are what tear up our digestive system because it takes away the good and the, and the we need good and bad gut flora. We need both. Um, our gut biome is what helps to break down these foods. It's, it's what helps it goes to work and it breaks it down and, and it gets it out to the circulatory system so our bodies can get the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients and the antioxidants that it needs. And so if you're taking away by constantly giving antibiotics, constantly saying, you know, here's an antibiotic. Oh, you've got the sniffles. You've had the sniffles for three or four days. Oh, here you go. Have some antibiotics. You must have a sinus infection. You must have an ear infection. Yeah, no, you know what? Don't take antibiotics unless you absolutely need to. If you need to take antibiotics, then I understand that you've got to take them because you're, you're ill. But unless you need to, don't, don't take them because it really does affect your body's digestive system. As far as the, um, the what was the prebiotics and things the like that? Pre, yeah, the pre and the probiotics, yeah. So the pre and probiotics, I believe our, our body has great pre and probiotics already in them. But as we get older, as we age, our enzymes and our body produces less of them. So if you are eating foods that have the prebiotics and probiotics in them, that is only going to help you. Whenever I have to take an antibiotic, I am always going to the store making sure that I get some type of Greek yogurt or some type of kefir, um, or I you know, drink a superfood shake that I know has them, then I'm, I'm good. Um, there's a difference between taking an actual pill form and actually taking a liquid form. So Anytime you're taking a pill, your body has to break down the substance. So if you're taking a pill of any kind of uh, prebiotic or probiotic or those um, those gut enzyme pills or whatever, your body still has to break that down. When you're taking it in as a liquid, it's already soluble. Your body, it's a lot easier for your body to utilize it right away. Um, so that's why I always suggest if you have a you know a, a shake that you like that's got them or if you um, are taking like a, a keeper, as long as it doesn't have a ton of sugar in it, because some of the keeper now has sugar, uh, and or the um, Greek yogurt, and look to see how many prebiotics are in them. You know, you know, 80 billion or 100 billion or whatever that's in there. Know that your body's probably only going to take in like a half of those. And so, um, I definitely am a big proponent of that. And people don't eat enough of those foods. They're so prickly because they don't taste good, right? There's nothing, what are you going to do? Well, I got to put a bunch of stuff on it in order for me to, to eat it. Well, if you're doing that, then you're taking away from the, the actual value that's there. So I, I do believe that it's, they're important, especially in today's culture. Very important. So I know we did get into a little bit about bloating, but because this is such a common question that I get, can you give some advice or some tips on how to bloat naturally? So, and if you're if you're working with, you know, you're dealing with that that bloating issue and and um, really needing some some help right away, just something to relieve that, take that edge off. Uh, I'm all about getting a really great heating pad. Um, another thing that I used to tell my brothers, cause they would call me like, sis, I've, I've, you know, my stomach hurts. What do I do? I love this. And you guys might laugh, but it's like an old, you know, it's kind of like those old, uh, what do you call the wise tales or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll take a hot shower and I just, as hot as I can stand the water, I'll let the water just beat down on my back. I get out of the shower and I grab my heat pad and I make myself some mint tea and I'll add a little lemon in there. And honestly, it soothes my stomach. It makes you feel a lot better. You know, just doing those things. You can't eat anything to make it feel better, right? You can't, um, you're, you don't want to take something to make it feel better. It's got to go through the process. But, but making those changes in your body and understanding that your body is trying to communicate with you and tell you something's up, then that is, that is a good thing. It's a gift. And you don't want to take that away. So, Sometimes the hard is what you need in order to, to get better. So 
enjoy the process. Yes, I love how you said the the hot water. I actually, when I was having the bloating issues and I didn't know what was going on, I was actually going to acupuncture for anxiety and pain. So I told her she's a she's a Chinese herbalist and she hardly knows any English. <laughs> um, but she told me so she started to put you know needles in my stomach for better circulation. But she also said every night soak your feet in very hot water. And I started to do that, and I was like, wow, look at that. Hot, what hot water can do? My bloating was like, it felt so much better. And I love that you said a heating pad. I'm like, now I'm going to get a heating pad. Thankfully, I don't really have bloating anymore. Um, but I'm like, yeah, like I, I love these natural ways to bloat versus thinking that you always have to take a pill to fix something. Yeah, when we were kids, um, we would get a stomachache or we'd have a flu. My mom would set us up on the counter in our bathroom plug up the sink and put our feet in hot water and, you know, get Vicks vapor rug. And we still do that. When my stomach hurts, I'm up on the countertop in the bathroom and my kids are like, mom, what are you doing? I'm like, I got a tummy ache. Like, this is what we do. And there's something very healing about, again, natural elements, the water and heat and just, you, you find comfort. Um, my dad, when we were, my kids were, would get sick and the same thing would happen. He would just put their, his hands, his hands on their belly and he would just say you know I keep my hands here to keep your belly nice and warm so your belly your belly will feel better and there is like there's just so many different ways to heal that we need to stop thinking that there's a pill out there or there's you know listen to your bodies respect your bodies and understand that your bodies will treat you well if you treat it well stop treating it poorly and it will stop reacting poorly like it's just they go hand in hand we're in sync Exactly. So now we get into Rachel, you have said such amazing things. And I know that so many women who are listening want to learn so much more. So I know that you have a book coming out. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about your book. And also where can they find it? Yes, I'm super excited. It's been a process. Um, so hopefully it'll be all, everything will be finished. We're going through like the last parts of the editing and I think it'll be out. We're shooting for, um, just before the week, just before Christmas. And it's all the things that we just talked about, but going in depth and giving you those, those tools that you need and the reminders and the daily affirmations that you need to be working with yourself for your body. You know, we hear every single thing we say to each other or to ourselves, whether we, we say it out loud or we're saying it internally, we hear it. Our bodies hear everything because we're thinking it. So therefore it's hearing it. So, you know, having those affirmations and having a plan and having um, just a step-by-step -step process of like, okay, here's what's happening. Okay. I remember in the, and I remember in the podcast, I remember in the book, she was talking about like, what's happening in my lower dike. Why am I feeling the bloating here? Oh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to see what, what tips and tricks and what types of things that I can do to make me feel better in the moment, because it's in that moment that you need to have something quick that you can utilize right away. Um, and then just really giving yourself a better perspective of our body's internal structure, like what is really going on and why is this happening? Um, I'm really excited about it. It's been a baby of mine. Um, it's something I'm very clearly very passionate about and very knowledgeable about as well. I believe that we are in control of the things that we want to be in control of. And once we give that power away to get something else, some other substance take control of what we are naturally designed to control ourselves, then we are powerless. And it's about giving you back the power. It's about giving you back the, um, the vision for your own health that comes from an internal structure that is seen on, as a physical, like a physical self. So I'm so excited. Once it's out, um, I will obviously I'll have links and, um, and it'll be on Amazon as well. So they'll be able to purchase it there. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited for you because gut health, like I said, it was, I hit rock bottom. I had to figure it out. I learned it myself. Um, and just, I learned so much from you just listening. And I'm just happy that I am on the right track of continuing to just have good gut health. Um, so I'm excited for you because I'm definitely going to get this book. I want to learn more. I want to, you know, take care of my body to live longer, look better, feel better. That's the most important. 
So ladies, if you want to learn more from Rachel, I'm all her information is going to be in the show notes. And once her book releases, I know I'm going to purchase it. So I'll be posting it, posting it for sure. Um, but for right now, go follow Rachel. Yeah, and in my bio too, on my Instagram and in my Facebook too, there is, and even on my website too, rachelhartfield.com, you can, um, there is a pre-release uh, link that you can click and add your name and when the book comes out, you'll get an email letting you know it's coming out and you can pre-order now and go from there. Perfect. I'll do that for sure. Like right now after this podcast so that I don't forget because I have squirrel brain. <laughs> um, but is there any last minute things or last advice that you want to give to the She Hustles listeners? Well, I just want to say thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate um, you taking the time to listen today. And if you are listening, it's because you are looking for something more. It's because you've needed something more. And I hope that you know, I've given you, I've given you some things to think about today. And if I am kind of like awakening that little thing in your gut, in your stomach, and you're going, yes, please don't hesitate to make those changes now or to ask questions because there is no dumb question. Um, in, a, in a society that there's so much information out there that can mislead you, you need to be led properly. And if you are, um, constantly chasing something that seems so good to be true it's probably too good to be true and know that you have the power to make the decision right now to change everything going forward and I really hope that if you're struggling that you that you do make that change because it doesn't have to be so hard and it doesn't have to be something that is tearing you up but rather making you feel good preach amen mic drop we'll end it there <laughs> Rachel is the true definition of she hustles. She knows what she wants and she goes for it. If you want to connect with Rachel, all her information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any special topics you'd like me to go over, please don't hesitate to email me at josirafitness at gmail.com and make sure to drop a review and subscribe. Have a blessed day.